Recording started? Yeah. The intro is awkward. It is a little awkward, you know, sometimes, but yeah. Uh mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here we are. We're doing this thing. Even though we're down a grouch. But Yeah. Seems to be a, seems to be a thing recently. Life happens and yet we carry on best we can. Indeed. Indeed. How's your week been? My week, uh, I I think I constantly keep comparing it to last year because we're getting ready for a big thing at work, but we're fully staffed this year, whereas last year we were not. And so I've got a new kind of anxiety where I'm like, oh, crap, what am I forgetting to do? Because I have people helping me and I'm not doing it all myself. So I'm like... Is this, <laughs> is everything actually good or is something missing? So, but we have lots of checklists and, um, yeah, so it was productive and, um, good. good. I know you've had a rough week, but just busy. Yeah. And it doesn't help that last week was busy too. So I was tired coming into this week so that this week I've just been tired. Yeah. Somehow. Somebody listening out there, please, you know, sponsor us. Uh, we're we're good people who just need enough money that we don't have to work, so we can just watch movies, and that would be great. It would be nice. That would be a service to humanity. Indeed, consider it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just hard to cram a bunch of movies in when your children are on summer vacation and you just can't seem to get a break at work right you so, know i we'll get into it a little bit later but there's so many of these original screenplay nominees that i'm wanting to watch and the weeks are passing i'm not watching as many as i want is this how yeah. life is supposed to be no we shouldn't have to work so much we shouldn't four day work weeks yeah three days for movies yeah i'm gonna go see uh elemental tomorrow okay that's Got a boy Mamadou. Looks like it should be pretty cute. I don't know. I haven't looked too much beyond the trailers, so it's it's getting pretty mixed reviews. I mm. uh, I'm interested to see how it goes, and I know um, uh, Joe Para's in it. So oh yeah, that's right. That's I'm right. excited for that. Yeah. If 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 nothing else is good in this movie, at least I'll get some Joe Para. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think. We're just going to go ahead and uh, talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman and i'm zach mccoy we're down a a jonathan pierce but we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscaristy podcast sure we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zach we're watching a film called wilson and i'm pulling out my giant air quotes it's a Giant air quotes, biographical film about the 28th 
American president, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, when the subject of the film Yankee Duel Dandy saw the movie Yankee Duel Dandy, he was quoted as saying, that's a great film. I don't know who it was about. Right. How I felt about Wilson. <laughs> mm. uh, but we will discuss that more after we discuss whether or not this is the first time we've seen Wilson. Uh, in its entirety. I think I'd see, I've seen a couple scenes here or there from either in YouTube videos. I feel like I might have seen one at school, but never the whole film before. So I think that counts as a first. Ah. Uh, I watched this when we covered Going My Way on the oh, podcast yeah. a couple of years ago, I guess, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Because um, this is a... Best Picture nominee, isn't it? Yeah, this is a year that I that I actually watched all five of these movies. Mm. So, so I have thoughts on all of them. And Gaslight's in here, so... Nice. That means I gotta watch some Ingrid Berkman. And Since You Went Away is in here, so that means I gotta watch some Claudia Colbert... I love those women. All right. Uh, well, speaking of a week in a year, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Wilson winning best original screenplay gives Lamar Trotty an Academy Award. It beats out Hail the Conquering Hero and The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, both films giving Preston Sturges nominations. Double nominee. Double nominee for the first winner. Mm -hmm. uh, two Girls and a Sailor, giving Richard Connell and Gladys Lehman Academy Award nominations. And Wing in a Prayer, the story of Carrier X, giving Jerome Cady an Academy Award nomination. Mm. You know, I should have looked this up. I, was Gladys Lehman the first woman to be nominated for this? Uh, I don't remember a woman's name before this. Oh, no. Lillian Hellman came up last week, and I think oh. I probably said the exact same thing. Okay. So, you know what? I'm going to do this right now so that so I... Do it live. So we do know. it live. Yeah. <laughs> We're live, pal. Mm. Oh, look at this. It's a puppet show. Oh, crap. I got chocolate on my notebook. <laughs> I thought I ate it all. What is it? Must have had some in my beard. All right, I got it later. Uh, yes. It looks like Lillian Hellman... In 1943, was the first woman nominated for this Academy Award. So now we're up to two female nominees in the category. That's pretty good for Academy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, their history. I, I have a feeling we're not going to see many more. Uh, or he, yeah. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. All right. So Wilson picks up. Best Original Screenplay. It gets nominated for Best Motion Picture. Daryl F. Zanuck, um, nominated for 20th Century Fox, loses to Going My Way, giving Leo Carey the Academy Award. Mm. Um, Daryl F. Zanuck, who loses this, goes on to win a couple years later. Uh, he was such a fan of how this film came out. I guess it was kind of his passion project. Mm. That when he won the Academy Award a couple years later, he said on stage, I should have been up here a couple of years ago for Wilson. All right. okay. uh, best director, uh, Henry King nominated, loses to Leo McCary for Going My Way. Uh, Alexander Knox as Woodrow Wilson gets nominated for Best Actor, losing to Bing Crosby for Going My Way. 
I just want to say that Claudette Colbert and Ingrid Bergman are in the best actress category. Woo! Yeah. Exactly. Talent and fire. Um, okay. Moving on. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, best scoring of dramatic or comedy picture. Alfred Newman nominated for Wilson loses to Since You Went Away, giving Max Steiner an Academy Award. Keep talking about Claudette Colbert here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, just so you know, the trolley song from Meet Me in St. Louis is nominated for best song this year. I love that song. That is a good song. Judy Garland is incredible in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson wins best sound recording, giving Edmund H. Hansen an Academy Award. He's bopping himself all over that stage. <laughs> best art direction color. Wilson wins, giving Wired Enan the Art Direction Academy Award and Thomas Little the Interior Decoration side of the award. Um, it wins best cinematography color, mm. which Meet Me in St. Louis is in the category, so I have feelings. Yeah. Uh, it wins best film editing. You cannot convince me of that. And it gets nominated for best special effects, uh, giving Fred Serson an Academy Award nomination for the photographic effects and Roger Heeman Sr. Heeman? Heeman? It's H-E-M-A-N. Heeman. That's that's exactly how it's spelled. Yes. Senior uh, nominations, but they lose to 30 seconds over Tokyo, giving A. Arnold Gillespie, Donald Jarris, and Warren Newcomb photographic effects and Douglas Shearer the sound effects. So that... It's a lot of nominations. A lot, a lot of nominations. And uh, Zanuck, who's nominated for this award, uh, for this film, for Best Picture, does pick up the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award on the night. So what's that? That's one, two, three, four, five awards they gave to this. Mm-hmm. And that is our Oscar breakdown. Well, 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 let's talk about <laughs> this movie <laughs> <laughs> sir i know you've got some feelings uh my biggest feeling is woodrow wilson is a giant piece of shit and uh this movie seems to have completely missed that about him mm. and when i mean a giant piece of shit i mean that man is did a lot of things wrong in his lifetime and as the president of these here united states mm. 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 you see now when I, as I was growing up, as is a problem with American education in, you know, <laughs> for most of the 20th century and early part of the 21st, um, you don't get the whole picture of historical figures. And I grew up thinking Woodrow Wilson was this intellectual progressive who was really wanted peace and he Tried to keep America the world first world war for the longest time and um, that he deeply loved his wife and he was romantic and he wrote all these lovely things. And then it wasn't until I was in my early 20s when um, there was like some articles and, and some things that were really highlighting just how racist and shitty he was and how so many of his decisions and stuff negatively impacted the country and people 
primarily, uh, you know, <laughs> African Americans. Yeah, people of color in general. Yes. Yes, and and he was like pro segregation and you know, grew up uh, in the Confederacy pro, and pro KKK. Yeah, uh, loved the KKK. In fact, yeah. the very the very first film ever screened at the White House was Woodrow Wilson bringing in. Birth of a Nation, because he thought it was one of the greatest film in the world. The film yeah. that, the film that essentially was a recruiting tool for the KKK. He was like, "Hey, let's let's make sure everybody knows that we love this movie at the White House." Right. And then I see, like, a couple of years later, he's like, "Oh, oh, it wasn't that great, but <laughs> piece of shit." Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and apparently, like, when he went over to Versailles to sign the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, all these like imperialist nations were very alarmed at how racist he was. Mm. <laughs> mm. Apparently they're just like, wow, that who, I mean, I know we're bad, but geez, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you said, you know, this film doesn't give a sniff of any of that except for maybe two point three seconds where it shows him what enjoying a minstrel show or something. It's like, uh, and and you know and that's one of those things where it that was st- that was just the entertainment of the time right and they they had some guy pretending to be Teddy Roosevelt in blackface in this movie which was really fucking weird i don't yeah, yeah. i don't I, I i can't pretend to understand all the nuances of that fucking decision <laughs> oh god yeah horrible i just don't understand the nuances of it but <laughs> You know, so that's one of those things where, like, him taking in that specific form of entertainment was still looked upon pretty favorably by most people at this right. time, right. which is, you know, what the fuck, but mm-hmm. is what it is, and you, we can't change that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's like I keep putting on, or I, I put online that one time, well, Let's, what's the over-under on this movie having blackface? Because mm-hmm. it feels like it's just going to happen. In fact, when they were out at the golf club, uh, the, the golf course in the one scene, and he had the black caddy, Leanne walks into the room at that moment. She's like, is that guy in blackface? Like, I can't see his face because it's covered by the hat. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, no, don't want to comment too much on whether that guy was a older, very, uh, you know, weathered skin man, or if he was a painted man, because the, like he's in the background. It, it, it could be either way. Yeah. And we watched this in like 480. So yeah, because we ripped it off of YouTube. <laughs> because, Cause I made the mistake of paying for this movie once and I will never do that again. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to, you know, look at the film, as a film and the nice things I can say about it is I, I guess it did, did deserve the best art direction. There, there are some amazing sets. Yeah. Yeah. I can, well, they like rebuilt so many parts of the white house and, and spent what? $2 million. This was the most expensive film ever made at the time. Yeah. Zanuck dumped a shit ton of money into this movie and it bombed. And it bombed like nobody's. It didn't even make its fucking budget back. Uh, its budget was five point two. Two is how much it brought in. Woo. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it, this movie tanked. But yeah, it, oh, go on, go on about what you were saying. I was gonna say even even if you're a f- at the time, even if you were a fan of uh, Woodrow Wilson watching this film, it's not very exciting or entertaining and and you'd probably be like yeah wilson's pretty boring kind of guy uh (laughs) yeah he is like i'm sure Knox is doing the best job he can but wilson Mm -hmm. is not a dynamic character (laughs) right but uh and and i'll say i don't uh, aside from the fact i do not like this movie and i did not want it to win in any academy awards Mm -hmm. uh the the cinematography is not bad, right? It's just Meet Me in St. Louis is such a beautiful film, right? But I'm you know I'm an old Hollywood musical guy, so that's the kind of shit I'm just into. Mm-hmm. But it's shot very well. Yeah, it it's a you know it's nice to as far as the, the winners of this award so far, it was nice to get a big kind of bombastic Hollywood Technicolor film. Mm-hmm. Um. Too bad for the subject matter and the uh, dragging, <laughs> plotting. God damn it! <laughs> it's two and a half hours long, and it is the most god awful boring. In fact, let's let's get into talking about the script specifically now. Okay, my God, there is so much stuffy white people walking into a room and just telling you exactly why you should love Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Every scene, people are just explaining to you why Woodrow Wilson is such a put-upon human being. Yeah. So, I've got, like, two two lines of thought. It's like, I think as far as writing, it is a... The words are good. It's, like, nicely written. But what's being written is not nice. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, even... Even if I liked Woodrow Wilson, which I cannot, mm-hmm. and this movie didn't plod so much, I still think the dialogue is just god-awful. Mm. It, it is such a drag, because almost every scene is just somebody telling Woodrow Wilson what a good person he is to his face in lengthy detail. <laughs> Or somebody telling somebody else what a great person Woodrow Wilson is in lengthy detail. Yeah. And that is the dialogue. All of the dialogue is, but Woodrow, you're such a man of principle and you stand up for what you believe in. And you, you have this hard decision to make. And it would probably be easier if you just made the easy decision. And then Woodrow Wilson going, but I am the president and i have to make the hard decision so i'm going to make the hard decision because i'm a man of principle (laughs) that's all the fucking dialogue in this entire movie that was very good very good (laughs) knocks thank you but yeah you're right absolutely right and i guess that's a lot of a xanic you know loving wilson and doing this as a passion project yeah I I i know he didn't write it but he's like Let's let's but fan the, the flames. But he's the producer, so you have to assume he brought in Trotty to write this film and yeah. told him how to write it. Yeah. That's what producers do. They think they're creatives, but they're just money people who get a little too big for their britches. Right. 
And this is the kind of dreck that comes out of that kind of thinking. <laughs> yeah, I saw one review where it was just like, yeah, I get that this movie's coming out in 1944 in the middle of the war and you don't necessarily want to make something that is too critical in in, in the yes. from the government perspective or the censor perspective. But yeah, exactly. And the the problem, you know, it's it's the old saying, it's not what a movie is about, it's how it's about it. Yeah. And this movie is about Woodrow Wilson in the capacity that Woodrow Wilson was a man of peace who who brought peace to this land by by signing, you know, bringing the League of Nations together. And we just betrayed him. And now we're now we're being bombed by the Japanese and at war with the with in Europe because we didn't take Woodrow Wilson seriously. Right. And well, what a crock of horse shit. <laughs> because because mm -hmm. the problem is it it's the same bullshit we're having to put up with with Donald Trump and his mm -hmm. cohorts these days with the whole make America great again, America first, isolationist bullshit. Mm -hmm. And no, we live in an ever increasingly global society. Yeah. We are connected in every conceivable way possible. And you cannot be isolationist. And it's true now, and it was true over 100 years ago when World War I happened. Mm -hmm. And Woodrow Wilson was very... And, and in this film, they try to make the American isolationism like such a positive. Like At one point, he even says something like, our, our... Oh, God, I can't even remember the wording. Yeah. Like we we we've stayed to ourselves for so many years, and that's that's our God given right. And blah 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 blah. Yeah, I think uh, the, you're absolutely right there. Um, to it to its credit, whatever uh, he it shows him kind of change. The film shows him changes thought process, and then the the Republican guys become like bad for pushing the isolationism. Kind of towards the end, yeah. when he, the whole League of Nations thing. Yeah, but I um, it it was a very dry movie. Very, very, very like we could have, we could have set this movie on fire with a, a gender reveal party. It was so dry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I like the the note about FDR showing the film and then Churchill, <laughs> Churchill, was Churchill who is a piece of shit in his own right <laughs> getting up and walking out of it and like, going to bed the, yep yeah I don't need this bullshit see you later <laughs> yeah uh, wonderful I don't I really don't have a whole lot else to say uh you know in this part you know of yeah the show. I, yeah, I, I mean, mostly, I I aired out my biggest grievance with the writing of the film, which is just the dialogue is just so heavy-handed and droll and repetitive. Like every scene is almost exactly the same, but in a different way. Mm. And it's mm -hmm. it's such a glorification of a terrible man, a man who who just pushed horribly, horribly racist ideals and 
did a lot to quash the the socialist movement in America. Mm. Like he, they were essentially rounding up socialists around this time. Anybody who had any kind of leaning a little too far to the left was literally being rounded up off the street and thrown in prison. Yeah. Like that, that was he was just a horrible man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, and I hate everything about this. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. What a waste of $5.2 million. Absolutely. I say, well, I guess our, uh, are we ready to do worsty judgments then? Yeah, let's go ahead and do worsty judgments. I will ask, is this movie preserved? Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Okay. So we are in 1944. Mm-hmm. Films like Meet Me in St. Louis uh, and Miracle of Morgan's Creek and Hail the Conquering Hero, Double Indemnity and Gaslight, all, all present here in the Academy Awards, have been inducted into the National Film Registry. Nice. Uh, no, no first ballot films from 1944. Seems double indemnity is the earliest in 1992. So my question to you, do you think Wilson is in the national film registry and what year do you think it got in? I, uh, I want to say no, I don't think it is. You would be correct. Hooray. Film is not in the national film registry, nor does it belong there. This I, uh, which studio was it that burned and they lost a whole bunch of movies? Uh, was it MGM? I was feel it's at Warner Brothers. Anyway, I wish 20th Century Fox had burned instead and we lost this movie. <laughs> but I guess it's nice to have this as a reminder that we really think white people can't do anything wrong in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to see this documentary from 1944 called The Negro Soldier. Okay. Uh, part of the uh, the Frank Capra Why We Fight series. You know, there's a chance I have watched that. I've watched a lot of those movies. Ah. Uh, uh, around the... Uh, around, like, D-Day or something. Around that time on Turner Classic Movies one year, they just ran, like, all of the Why We Fight movies. And I was like, oh, fuck oh. yeah, I'm gonna watch these. It's great. I need to see more of those. They're They're... I mean, again, it's all American propaganda, but they're fascinating. Mm. They're very fascinating films to watch. Okay. Like, oh, and uh, no. specifically, the Why We Fight series goes in in 2000, but separately in 2011, they put in the Negro Soldier. Oh. That's, that's, that's interesting. I find that very interesting. Very interesting. All right. So, judgment. Worsty judgments. Do you think this deserved best original screenplay? Wilson. I I am so mad that all the movies I've seen from 1944 are again in the adapted category. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to keep running into this and we <laughs> it yeah. sucks but we got to yeah. So so I was double checking. I was like, "Is Laura?" No, it's based on a novel. Um, I had I haven't seen any of these other nominees, but I'm still going to say no. <laughs> that did not deserve it, and that's my answer. I have a feeling 
I might know your answer, but Mr. Workman, what is your answer? I'll just say up front, no. Fuck this movie. Fuck the writing on this movie. How this one. I'm so mad that this is the film we're covering. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I could not find a copy of The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Hmm. I kind of wish I would have rented it. But at the same time, I didn't. I barely had time to get in the films that I did get to watch. Right. Um. So I may not have gotten to it anyway. So I'm glad I didn't rent it, but I really want to see it. And I'll explain why in a moment. I mean, other than the fact that it's a Preston Sturgis film, but we'll get to that in a second. So, uh, in here, you know what? Okay. So, so I only got to watch two full films. I haven't finished the third one that is left in the category. Okay. So starting at the bottom Two girls and a sailor's going in my bottom spot, but not because I don't think it's a lot of fun because the movie's a lot of fun, but because uh, I'm going to base this as much on just the screenplays as possible. Mm -hmm. It's a film that's about two sisters trying to open a nightclub, but because of that premise, it's them bringing in a lot of, uh, a lot of famous, uh, musicians and artists of the time to play themselves doing performances in their nightclub. Okay. And that's practically the movie mm. is you'll get like two or three minutes of plot and then they'll go, Hey, you're needed out on stage so you can perform this thing. And then they'll do the two sisters will do a song together and they're like, all right, here's three more performances to follow that up because you're in a nightclub <laughs> and, and then you'll cut back and do a couple more minutes of plot. So I don't think it's particularly well written, but at the same time, that's kind of what I love about it. <laughs> nice. Um, it's, it's obvious like this very thin plot that mm-hmm. isn't the best is just there to string along so that we can call it a movie mm-hmm. um, instead of just being like, here's a concert film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but Jimmy Durante's in it. And I'm such a huge Jimmy Durante fan that you is, put him on screen. I'm smiling. Is that quote that you posted from that movie? From that movie. <laughs> there are a million good looking guys. I'm a novelty. <laughs> Um, uh, Harry James is in it playing trumpet like a fucking oh. master. He's so good. Uh, the Lena Horns in it and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gloria DeHaven is stunning in this film, just mm. stunning. Uh, but no, I I enjoyed. It. I think it was a good time. I don't know that I put it in this category, even though if you would have put it in Best Picture. We can talk a little bit more, but as far as it being the best original screenplay, Pickens must have been thin because it's not a very good screenplay. <laughs> it's the weakest part of the movie. Mm. The performances, the musical numbers, everything about it's a lot of fun. Screenplay is not really there. Yeah. So, but love it. I gave it four stars. And that's my bottom of the remaining. So I gave that four yeah. stars. Uh, next will be Wing in a Prayer, the story of Carrier X. Uh, apparently, story of Carrier X's uh, subtitle that's not always on the uh, 
material for this. So a wing and a prayer is technically the title for this, but I really, out of all of everything here is propaganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, I haven't seen Miracle on Morgan's Creek. So every year, everything here, again, another year where everything has to do with the war in some way, shape, or form. And this is probably the, out of the four, three and a half that I watched, probably the most direct film about World War II, mm-hmm. but it's really well done. And mm-hmm. all right. So my biggest problem right now with a lot of these World War II films is American racism. Yeah. Not a lot of them are dealing with the European front. Most of them are dealing with how angry we are at Japan for bombing us in Pearl Harbor. So we just have to sit there and deal with the racism. Mm. And it sucks and I hate it. Give me a lot more about uh, about fighting Germans and hating Hitler, yeah. I guess. But I guess, you know, like at this point, we haven't really reached the shores and seen the damage to the German people, especially the Jewish German people that has right. been done. So we don't know. Don't know the full picture yet. I was going to say the intricacies of the horrors that we are about to find out in the next year. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, we we know it's bad. We don't know. We haven't seen how bad it is. Mm -hmm. But, so... So I like Wing and Prayer a lot. And I think it's a really interesting film about fighter pilots... But of course, we have to have the un- the the overtones of racism. I can't even say the undertones because it's eh, I hate I, I it's it's the the one thing I hate about watching World War II's films in these few years here. Yeah, um, they're just. But it's a well done movie. They really hooked me in with the characters, and they hooked me in with story and uh, I I would probably have given it a higher score if it wasn't so focused on hating Japanese people. Right. Now, my number one, and I've only watched half of this movie so far, is Hail the Conquering Hero. I'm excited to see how this film ends. I'm going to watch the rest of it. Preston Sturges is firing on all cylinders so far in this film. Uh I highly recommend this. It's about a young man who wants to become a Marine so he can go fight in World War II, but is medically discharged for chronic hay fever. Oh. But he comes from a small town where everybody treated him like a hero just for leaving to fight. Yeah. And his father was a Marine who died in combat. So he ends up uh, drinking with the Marine battalion where the, the sergeant of the battalion knew his father and was there when his father died. So to try to help him save face with the small town, they all pretend that he is a Marine. And they take him home. 
And now this small town wants to treat him like the hero that he is not. Oh. And he doesn't he doesn't want to have any part of this, and he continuously tries to tell people without telling them the truth that he is not a hero and he doesn't deserve anything that they're giving him. So it's this huge satirical farce, and it is phenomenal through the first hour. I have enjoyed every second of this so far. It's very funny. Mm. You're you're just sitting around waiting for the other shoe to drop at some point. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of hoping it happens at the end of the second act. So the third act is dealing with the repercussions of it. But even if it only happens, I'm trusting Preston Sturgis to take me on the rest of this journey because so far it has been flawless. Okay. Yeah, and that I, sounds good. It's almost like uh the uh sounds like a better, much better version of what we almost got in Leatherheads, kind of. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something, uh, and I'm like I said, uh, I'm I'm excited to see the rest of it. And so far, if if they stick the landing on this film, it's the film I think should have won the award. Mm. Uh, so sticking Wilson into the list, it's at the very bottom. It doesn't deserve to be here. <laughs> the writing is terrible, and mm. there's nothing good about this movie. It's full of nothing but half truths and lies but it's not even as entertaining as Mink. Oh, there you go. Not even a little. Okay. So, so we bring a, that brings us to our second question. And man, I really padded out some time there, <laughs> didn't I? That's all right. It's good, uh, to, good to talk about films that deserve to be talked about. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where uh, I, I, I really wanted to talk about these in more detail, like I would love to be talking about Hail the Concrete Hero right now. And again, mm-hmm. I haven't even finished it. <laughs> uh, it. It's just one of those things where I, I don't, you know, I can't just say the names of these three films outside of this. And I, I don't think most people are going to know what the film I'm talking. Most people yeah, are going to know the film that I'm talking about. So it's, it, I wanted to talk about them at length because... I think they're all very interesting and well-made films. And instead we're talking about, uh, green book, 1944. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I is, appreciate the info on the other films. Yeah. Cause this thing was boring, boring as hell and so many problems. Um, so yeah, our second question, our second question, is this the worst Best original screenplay winner. So, yeah, uh, I objectively trying to look at the film. I think the sets are really good. I think I think the editing is fine, not wor- worthy of winning. But it, uh, despite being slow, it's kind of a smooth film. There's you can see a lot of the money being spent. You know, on the the locations and the train scenes and things. Uh, if I were ranking this movie just on the technical merit of it alone, I'd probably give it maybe around a three star and it wouldn't be at the bottom, but because of all the bullshit and the half lies and the or half truth and the lies and the glorification of a man that we now know. Well, people knew back then they just didn't talk about it much. It didn't get publicized. We didn't get taught about it growing up. Um, that he was a piece of shit and he was terrible. 
I, I take away two stars and I gave it one star for mostly for the sets and the Technicolor, but that still qualifies for my worst bottom of the rank. How about you? Um, this is the worst. Not, not even, not even like a question about it. Mm. Like Princess O'Rourke was a good movie for about two thirds of the runtime. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not even that's not even my last place. Woman of the Year, Woman of the Year. You Woman of the Year is the one I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Also, think, bringing up Princess O'Rourke, how do we have two movies in a row that walk into the Lincoln bedroom and go, "Oh, yeah, this is where um, the yeah, Emancipation yeah. Proclamation was signed." <laughs> yep, yep. I forgot to mention <laughs> that too. <laughs> oh, they freed the slaves. They freed the slaves. Woodrow Wilson standing there going, yeah. I hate him, hate him for it. Go sleep in his bed and fart in his sheets. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Woman of the Year is good for, for two thirds of the runtime. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's still pretty decent writing in the third act, even if it's not great. Yeah. Um, there, there's nothing good about this script. Not, not a stitch of fucking dialogue. I mean, like Charles Coburn is here doing his best. Thomas Mitchell is here doing his best. And I love both of those actors, but mm-hmm. God damn, they can't even save the fucking dialogue in this movie. <laughs> it, like this script is abysmal and I am going to be shocked if Anything between now and a movie that I know we're covering far into the future, if anything gets slotted in under this, this is the bottom of the barrel. Mm. I only gave it a half star because of the, 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 the technical aspects of it. And that's about what it deserves because the editing is atrocious. So much could have been cut out of this movie mm. that mm. there are montages that go on for entirely too long. That's true. That's very true. Uh, and he speaks so slow. <laughs> yeah. So, so the craftspeople, as they normally are, are the heroes of this film uh, because uh, our cinematographers and our set builders and our set designers and costumers, they, they deserve so much in this life. But Daryl F. Zanuck is reaping all the benefit and God, this movie sucks. It sucks so bad. And <laughs> most of it's down to the script. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll repeat it one last time. If anything goes below this in the next, uh, how many weeks is that? And like the next 78, 78, weeks. <laughs> something like that. 70 something weeks. Uh, I will be shocked. Yeah. So, so it's, it's nice to know that we got a, a real stinker early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good. Good. We did it. There we go. So we're going to call it there. Zach, you want to let people know where they can follow you online? Yeah, you can find me at Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, or Letterboxd by searching my name and Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at uh, shark dress men on TikTok, where just Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark related 
content. You can follow me at Father of Fear on Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched. And this week, I went to go see Transformers. Those beasts be rising. Oh, yeah. How was that? I liked it. I'm, I'm going to defend this film. Yeah, I've been seeing pretty, pretty decent reviews. I mean, it's... I have to assume it's really hard to do anything worse than Michael Bay has already done in this <laughs> series. Because Revenge of the Fallen is one of the absolute worst films I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. But this film... Uh, my... My biggest complaint about the film is that I think it's a little too safe. Okay. Like it, it really is just towing the line of, you know, not trying not to stick its foot in anything terrible. Okay. I think Stephen Cape Jr. is doing the best he can with what he's been given, but it's a big budget. So I have to assume a lot of Daryl F. Zanix are trying to put their stamp on it. Yeah. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a fun movie. I heard it has de- is it pretty decent char- human characters. Yes, uh, the human characters for uh, this and Beetle, uh, Beetle, uh, Bumblebee <laughs> um, are all really good. Uh, I think Anthony Ramos, especially, is fantastic in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominique Fishback is really good in it, and uh, yeah, it's. They're they're humans worth caring about and spending time with. And they act like human beings. They don't act like weird uh Michael Bay abominations. Yeah. And yeah, I had a fun time. I had a fun time watching this. It's it's a real simple movie. It's real easy to follow. Uh it mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't really say you need to see it in the theater, but it could help. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Cool. Uh, and speaking of how we feel about films, what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week is a special episode. It's Big Willy Weekend! Big Willy Weekend! <laughs> and we are watching After Earth. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't even look up where it is. Uh, let's see. After Earth. Yeah. After 20, Earth. 2013. It's on, oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, I think it's on Hulu, too. Yeah, Hulu. And you can rent it on Amazon, Redbox, or Vudu if you're feeling fancy. Yeah, but I'll definitely be watching it on Netflix, hopefully in 4K. Ooh, okay. I don't know if they have it on Netflix in 4K, but we we'll see. see. All right, Big Willie Weekend. I'm so excited. Me, too. I got party streamers and balloons and everything. I'll, I'll since I don't have to uh, shove in... A bunch of uh, other movies. I can probably catch up on the Kurosawa films I'm behind. Huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. All right. So that's that. And we would like to thank our producer, Trav. Trav. From our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarSuperPod and on Facebook at the OscarSuperPodcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Please give us the maximum five stars. Every star you give us, uh, 
put some urine on Woodrow Wilson's grave. Hell yeah, so poor. Uh, normally, Jonathan, uh, Zach, and uh, Winston Churchill for walking out of this film the way I wish I could have. I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>